My guest today is Dr. Nito Cobain, the seventh president of High Point University, a position he's held since January of 2005. Since taking the helm at High Point, he has helped increase undergraduate enrollment by 203%, faculty by 103%, and campus acreage by 203%. He's been forging new opportunities for High Point University by focusing on experiential education and holistic value-based learning. Wow, this is something new. So I want you to listen because you're going to find this to be a very interesting interview. However, his personal success story began far before High Point when he moved to the U.S. as a teenager with 50 bucks in his pocket. He joins us today to discuss his journey from aspirational teen to leading one of the country's most notable institutions. I'm telling you, I have been there. This is an unbelievable place, and I've known Nito for decades. We'll also discuss the current and future state of higher education in this country, and I welcome Dr. Nito Quebain. He's one of the world's most respected business experts, Jeffrey Hazlett. I want to take you behind the scenes on what's happening in business today. And whether you're on Main Street or Wall Street, we're going to find out the secrets behind their success. This is All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Hey, my first question, Nito, and I've known you for decades, you and I have been friends, and I've seen you step into this role, and I thought, first of all, I'll get to that in a minute, about stepping into the role from where you were a CEO, speaker, Hall of Fame, all the stuff I talked about on the in the intro. But now as CEO or president of this university, you're leading growth that is freaking unheard of. You know, 203% increase in traditional undergraduate enrollment, 178% increase in faculty, 357 increase in, in campus acreage. I've been on the campus. Buildings going up everywhere. How the heck are you making this work when everybody else is, like, sucking wind? Well, Jeff, first of all, nice to be with you. I have a lot of admiration for you. You've done amazing things in your life, and you're being a coach and mentor to so many people. So I just want to thank you for well, your thank, leadership and, thank you. and your intellect over the years. You've been a good friend to me as well, and I'm delighted to be visiting with you today. Look, um, this is America, and in America, all things are possible. We have to focus on the art of the possible. And, and the truth is, yes, we have grown beyond measure. Uh, it's been a miracle. And it's really the American dream personified. But here's the deal, Jeff. It happened smack dab. In, yeah. the, in the eye of the storm, in the middle of the Great Recession, most disrupted economic times in the last 75 years of America's history. So, so it, isn't, it, it isn't that we just took, as one journalist called it, the dusty old college, Hypo University, Hypo North Carolina, and turned it into this thriving, number one among best cars in the South, according to the U.S. News World Report, thriving institution, which has almost quadrupled in size in many, many ways. Um, but the truth is, we demonstrate that when you follow uh, fundamentals and tenets that really built this country in the first place, mm -hmm. you know, fundamentals like risk management, like value interpretation, like brand advocacy, like intentional congruence, the kinds of things that, that shout from the mountaintop, we have faithful courage. We're not crazy. We're not silly. We're not immature. We are focused. You know, focus is more important than intelligence. When you are focused on assisting those whom you seek to serve, and when you can interpret value from their perspective, when what you provide in business and in life 
is relevant, relevant, then people sit up and pay attention to it, and then they become your crusaders. They want to help you do what it is you want to do. So at Happy University, what we've really done is we've said to young people and their parents that this is an entrepreneurial university. We, we on the one hand, adhere to the protocol of the academy. On the other hand, we put a different frame around the Mona Lisa. You know, we yeah. say it is possible to believe in personal initiative. It is good to believe that you were created for a purpose. It is okay to understand that there are no such thing as unrealistic dreams, there are only unrealistic timelines. It's okay to say those things as long as you back them up with education, with development, with inspiration, and with experiential learning. So that's really that's really what we've done is that is that we just put those fundamentals to work. Boy oh boy have they worked in, in amazing ways. In fact in a couple of weeks if we open up school again with the largest number in our freshman class in the history of the institution. Um, and that's absolutely remarkable at a time wow. as you've insinuated. Yeah. The private colleges are having some challenges. Yeah. So when you look at that, but you've, you've done it not in one place, Nito. You, you've really done this in three areas. So look, when I look at your audience, I, I see three basic audience. One's the students and the parents, right? You're, you're really your end customer, but you've also got a couple of other customers. You've got the faculty, right? And all the staff. And then the other ones, I, I would say, is your benefactors or those people that you're asking to pony up and give money and, and to believe in what you're, you know, drink the Kool-Aid beyond the other two groups. But you've done it across all three. I mean, when I when I quote those double digit, excuse me, triple, excuse me, triple digit numbers in growth, which are in, just huge, you've done it in three areas. How do you How do you get the scale in those three areas? Well, and, and, and don't forget about alumni, don't forget about uh, the, alumni, sure, the sure. community at yeah. large, yeah. you know, I mean, there are many audiences. Here's, here's the point. I, I don't focus on that. I, I really focus on um, how can we differentiate ourselves? How can we exit an ocean of sameness and differentiate ourselves on merit? So every day I, I try to inspire and inform our, our team, faculty and staff alike, that, that our duty really is to ensure that every student at Hypo University receives an extraordinary education in an inspiring environment with caring people. If we just deliver relevance to those whom we seek to serve, they will help us achieve our goals as well. Now, you know, uh, Jeff, I was, as you know, as a banking, real estate, retail, I was in a lot of different businesses. I still have interest in a number of different mm-hmm. sectors. The truth is it doesn't matter where you are. The principles are the same. And I think the short answer to your question is that it doesn't matter how much you know. It doesn't matter how informed, how learned, how educated you are. Until and unless you master the skill of relational capital, your capacity to build bridges, between one person and the other, your your genuine and authentic self that can penetrate the zone of of circles of influence, so that people see you as a human being, people appreciate you as a talented individual, people acknowledge that you are a team player, and and they believe it. They believe it because they feel it. And so it's all about relational capital. You know, sometimes we call that the art of communication um, uh, or whatever. But really, you are as good as your capacity to build relationships with other people. So I like to ask um, the audiences I speak to, as you do, you know, 100 times a year across America and the world, I like to ask this question, 
who is in your circle of influence because who you spend time with is who you become what you choose is what you get so we can measure you by the people whom you hang around with and that's called a circle of influence unfortunately yeah, yeah that's too awesome. many people too many people are focused on the circles of challenges, not the circles of influence. You know, they're not the focus on the problems, what they can do, what they don't have, instead of what I can do, what I do have, the people who will, who will help me. I think of luck, Jeff, not as what, but as who. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, no, absolutely. Words, yeah. I believe the, the people who cross your path that can take you somewhere, it's the who's in your life mm -hmm. that really help you cross the chasms of, of business and 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 organizational uh, opportunities. Well, a good friend. I, I think you know. Do you know Bob Bodine? I don't know if you knew, ever met uh, Bob. Bob's a speaker. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. No, you told me about it. Yeah, yeah I know who that is, yes. Yeah, Power of Who. He, he talks about that in his book. But I love that circle of influence. Amen. You got me. And by speaking about influence, I got to bring up a couple of people because I, got, I need to pay the bills. And that's my good friends at Duncan. Everybody knows my a passion for coffee, and our friends at Dunkin's are advocates for social movements, which is why they're proud to be the first national brand to, to sell espresso beverages made exclusively with fair trade certified espresso beans. So it makes me very happy. I love that. Love to see people doing things with purpose, which is part of what we're talking about today. So anyone who listens to this show knows how much I love Dunkin' Espresso because all business with Jeffrey Hazlett and America runs on Dunkin'. So when did, you know, look, I, I talked about your, your, your history of how you you came to America, nothing in your pocket, and what you've done and build, and you know all the things you've done as a CEO, as an owner of businesses, and so forth. But you're also in the Speaking Hall of Fame, which I'm also uh, have been lucky enough to be honored and inducted into. When did you first get the calling to to talk about this passion and to teach and spread this passion that you've got? Well, you know, um, when I was in college, I had to work my way through school, and because I came from the Holy Land, you know, sort of people started asking me to come and give little speeches and pay me five bucks or ten dollars or twenty dollars. So it, it, it's not that I sat in the corner and said, hmm, I think what I want to do is, is initiate a professional speaking career. Yeah. It just happened. Sometimes in life, if you have an open heart, you know, opportunities sort of knock at your door. And so slowly, you know, speech after speech, eventually business people heard me. And, and then back in the late 70s, I was doing 200 speeches a year. And then in the 80s, of course, I began a consulting firm where I was taking my corporate clients from the horizontal thinking stage to the vertical thinking stage. Later in life, I developed concepts for the diagonal thinking stage, which means that 99% that of humanity think horizontally. You know, we, we watch television and we listen to some commentators, and that begins to form the way we think, and that's horizontal stuff. So when you think, uh, when you think vertically, obviously, you look several layers down. You cannot think vertically unless you develop skills, skills like reason, for example, the capacity to reason, what is, is wishing something so, does it make it so? How do we get people to think through things instead of merely think about things? And so, you know, I began to talk about things like that, and the company said, wow, this is, this is a form of reculturing. This is a form of transformation. We need to reculture our organization. We need to transform the way we think. We have to, um, we have to forget about fixed mindsets and begin to look at progressive ways to move onwards with our goals and objectives. And, you know, the more, uh, the more I did that, and, and I've, you know, I've written 18 books about these subjects and so on, the more people sat up and paid attention. And, and, um, 
And I think it's all about leadership. I mean, that's, you know, you look at your own life, it's all about leadership. When leadership begins with our own habits, obviously. And leadership always comes from one source, which is our belief. You know, people think that our behaviors determine, you know, what we get in life. The truth is, all things stem from our beliefs. Our beliefs lead to our behaviors. Our behaviors may lead to our outcomes, but it's our belief that that allow us to get up in the morning and go out there and make something happen. To that extent, as an immigrant to America, um, you know, I always believed that America's streets are paved with gold, figuratively speaking, and I was always willing to work, you know, a bit harder and hopefully a little bit smarter uh, to achieve my goals. And, and the truth is, I found it is, it is possible. Hey, so I, given that, do you think you out-hustle people all the time? Well, you know, call it what you will, whether it's out hustle or out work. I do think that that I believe that things can happen. And because I believe that, I'm willing to work harder. You know, I get up every morning at 4 o'clock. I study between 4 and 6 o'clock every morning. Mm-hmm. So when people say, you know, how can you go do a seminar for a day or two days or three days without even a notes? I said, who told you I don't have notes? I have mm-hmm. hundreds of pages of notes. You just don't see them. They're in my heart, they're in my soul, they're in my brain. Right. Uh, if they're ingrained in my psyche and in my intellect. The truth is, the truth is it's not about hard work, it is about focused work. It isn't about, uh, you know, it's like I say, it's not about time management. People talk about time management. It really isn't about time management. Time manages itself, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't change. It's about energy management. Where do you want to focus your energy? The moment a person learns that simple lesson, they will act differently, live differently, and reap better results in life. Yeah, without question. So I'm going to switch it back to to High Point for a moment because I'm just still so fundamentally uh, just enthralled with the story and all that you've done. I mean, the fact, for, for those that, that haven't been there, and I've been on the campus, uh, Nito's been gracious enough to invite me down there, and I've walked around the campus, and I watch the employees, uh, faculty members, uh, administrators, who literally pick up pieces of paper when they see it on the ground. You, you hear classical music piped in over the speakers. There's free water for the students. There's work areas, labs, things that they can go to. And there's even... I I love this. There's even a steakhouse, okay, on the campus where the students, and this is one of the cool things I really like about it, where they teach you real life skills. So students have to go there every month, have a, have a meal, and order off a menu, and participate like real people. And was those some of the things, that, the, the enhancements that you brought to the thing, Nito? Yeah, and you know what's important, Jess, is to understand the why, right? Yeah. It's not just the what, it's the why. So, so let's just take a couple of them. First of all, clearly our primary focus is on academics. Clearly, what we are, we, we exist for the purpose of education. So 99% of our energy goes to ensuring that we have stellar faculty, excellent programs, and opportunities for students to learn how to learn. But beyond that, we begin to say, how do we make an education on a college campus pragmatic and practical for all of your life? So that you go to college to develop problem-solving skills. You go there to become a better decision-maker, to, to develop your critical thinking, and so on. And so we say, well, what are some of those things? Let's take a couple of them that you mentioned. Classical music is not there because it's cute. Classical music is a way that we demonstrate that you ought not graduate from an institution of higher learning, having not been exposed to the finest arts of all time. 
music, art, dance, culture, etc. Uh, the the steakhouse is really a restaurant that does two things. As you alluded, one of them is to teach etiquette and protocol, and, and, and that's really important. And the second one is to, is to teach students about about our global village, so the menu, one has the menu changes every month to a different part of the world. Because we're saying that we're preparing students for the world as it is going to be. We're preparing students for a global village, not for a continental country. And the truth is today, you know, you can go get a job somewhere, start a career somewhere, and you could be anywhere around the world. Just because it's a U.S. company doesn't mean they don't send you to Australia or to China. Right. And so and when parents understand the why behind these things, they're flabbergasted. They're so deeply impressed. They say that what, what we're doing is we're, we're ensuring that the student is being uh, prepared in a, in a holistic way, not in a, just a horizontal way. That, that's why we do what we do. The reason someone picks up a piece of paper or, or holds the door for you is because of the culture. Our culture screams uh, service. It screams fellowship. It screams civility. That doesn't mean that we have to agree with each other about everything. Of course not. But that means we can disagree in a civil manner, that we can disagree respectfully, that we can celebrate our similarities and appreciate our differences. And so when you talk like that, and then when you live like that, people begin to see the merit in that. There's power in that. And so, so Hyper University has really thrived and continues to thrive because it has dared to say that we need to focus on those elements that prepare our students for a world that's filled with success and framed with significance. That's a, and it's and it's just common sense. I mean, it just makes so much sense. I mean, the fact that my child can go and learn those skills. In fact, you know this. I went back to my daughter who's already gone to school and said, "If you want to go back to college, you should go back here, and I'll pay for it because it's that good. You're going to learn some great skills, which I think is great." Let me take another break for a second. I've got to because I love to and I want to. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world, Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. All right, when I, when I, can I refer to High Point as kind of like the, the high, the Harvard of High Point? Would, would that is that fair to say? Can I say it like that? And, and, and would I offend you? Do I offend you because you're actually better than that, or or is it a compliment? You know. Well, let me say it this way: You're very nice. You know, um, Jeff. Uh, uh, one of my one of my quotes from one of my books is that winners compare themselves to themselves. Yeah. And so, so while no, I take that as a great compliment. Um, given Harvard's uh, exceptional academic reputation. But here's the deal. I tell our team every day, uh, the only comparison you really need to make is is against your potential. What are we capable of becoming? And then let's go get it done. Uh, Now, having said that, of course, there there, there are practical ways where colleges are ranked and all of that. we We explain to parents and to our students, what matters is not the ranking. What matters is what happens to you because you have to live with you for the rest of your life. So make sure that you focus on those things that make you a smart person and a person who is who is capable of of achieving your goals. And it doesn't matter whether you want to be a preacher or a teacher or a business person or a politician, an entrepreneur, 
or a banker, whatever it is that you want to do, just make sure that you develop the fundamentals. Fundamentals like, you know, being a person of relevant, being differentiated, dealing with change in a, in a meaningful way. Um, and, and the question is, how do you teach that? And you know what I've discovered, Jeff? You really can't teach that. Yeah. You can't teach values. You can model values. I mean, I guess, you know, academically you can teach values. But in terms of really having impactful influence, you have to model those values. And I think what we've done at High Point is we've established a zone in which, through which, by which, students can actually experience and feel uh, the elements that they need to learn. Not merely, not merely sort of read them, memorize them, and, and just, uh, you know, uh, spun them back up on a test. There is a measurable difference. And the faculty we attract are, are men and women who really get that. They're available to our students. They do enormous uh, undergraduate and graduate research with them. And, and you know, we've, we've now excelled in a number of areas, and, and we're on our way to, to do even greater things. But I always, always say, when I was, you know, 40 years I was in business, I always said, look, treat every customer, treat every customer in such a way that they feel compelled to go tell to other people about you. And if you just do that, that kind of, you know, brand advocacy versus brand awareness, brand preference, brand insistence, lead to brand advocacy and see what happens. And that's really what happened to us. The parents and students told the world. And this year, you know, we'll have uh, 1,400 uh, freshmen come in. When I arrived at High Point a decade ago, the entire population was 1,400. And these 1,400 freshmen uh, that come to High Point are the byproduct of 11,000 applications. So we're doing we're doing something right, and you know we built 88 buildings, Jeff, and, and wow. we we took our net assets wow. we took our net assets a thousand percent, mm-hmm. our net assets a thousand percent up. So uh, we attract a lot of business families because they look at the business aspects of what we do and they go, this makes sense. I want my son or daughter to learn these principles. Now you know, university is not a business, but a university ought to employ some business principles. That's just uh, that's just responsible behavior. You know, uh, Nito, you also do something with freshmen that I really admire. And you, you have the President's Seminar on Life Skills, where you talk about habits, skills, values, much of the same things that we've just talked about. So what do you try to get accomplished with that? Is that your way of in- yeah. imprinting onto the freshmen? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I actually... Uh, Every freshman that comes to High Point University takes the President's uh, Seminar for Life Skills. That's a requirement. It's a prerequisite for graduation. So on our course, it meets once a week for an hour and 45 minutes or so with me. I actually teach the course, two sections of it, about 700-plus students per section. And we talk about things like communication skills, presentation skills, energy management, leadership, principles, fiscal literacy, those kinds of things. Uh, but, but really the underlying purpose for the class is to early on in their, journey, in their educational journey to say to them that when God created you, God created somebody very special. You're an extraordinary person because you were created to be extraordinary. Now, don't mess that up. And so what you want to do in your life is you want to be like a sponge. You want to learn. But be careful what you put in the sponge. Make sure it's distilled water. Make sure it comes from sources that are worthy of your attention. And, and so what you're really doing is you're, you're guiding them on this journey by, by, uh, by impactful uh, concepts that can allow them to say to themselves, you know, I can. Yes, I can. 
And then, of course, we want to encourage them to get involved in the university life and so on. The byproduct, though, the byproduct of this is that I get to know them, they get to know me. So there goes an enormous relational, uh, 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 beautiful relationship that happens between presidents and students because we meet every week. We know each other every week. And the class is very interesting, Jeff. I mean, I do all kinds of, of, I mean, these are 17, 18-year-old students, so you have to do some very interesting experiential stuff if you want them to really learn from you. But then at the back end of it, I also teach a seniors class. So the seniors can elect to take my class. And now we're talking about, now they've matured enormously. We're talking about transition from college to, to, to life. We're talking about how to interview. We're talking about how to start your business. We're talking about how to attract funding for your entrepreneurial concept, those kinds of things. And that has been, um, that has been an enormous asset for us that parents value tremendously. Now, you know, maybe not every president can do that, but I was, you know, I started from nothing and built very successful businesses, so these things come naturally to me. And that's part of our differentiation of high point, I think, is that we look at things through a different prism because I've had a different background. Again, while we fully respect the protocol of the academy, we also take a little bit of license to be an outlier in areas that frame that education in ways that could be uh, genuinely uh, and powerfully purposeful and meaningful for what, our students what's while an they're example? in college and when they graduate. Yeah, what's an example of that, of these outliers? What, 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 would, you, what would you mean by that? Well, uh, uh, many, many examples. An outlier at Hype University is that before you graduate, you need to take a sales course. Mm. And we will put you in front of a camera with a, with a, with a coach who watches you sell them something, sell them ideas, sell them a business plan. You know, that's, that's, that's unheard of. And people say, well, but I, but I want to major in biology. Why am I taking a sales course? And we go, guess what? At some point, you need to sell that idea to somebody. At some point, you will make a presentation. At some point, you will manage other people, and you need to inspire them to get them to behave in ways that are, that are uh, coherent and, and meaningful to the, to the, to the goals of the, of the organization. Yeah. That's, that's a concept. You know, an, an, another concept is that we have, we have success coaches. So every single freshman is assigned a success coach the moment, actually before they come to school six months before they come, they've already been corresponding with a success coach who guides them on a career path. We don't wait till you're a senior to tell you how you succeed in life. We take you from six months before you become a freshman and say, here's what you need to do. Talk to me about the challenges, whether they're social or academic or otherwise, we, we want to help you to succeed. That demonstrates, for example, that demonstrates the notion that you need to have heroes, models, and mentors in your life, yeah. that you can't do it alone. You know, here's, and then there's silly things that we do, too. Here's an example. The law of reciprocity. How do you teach it? We say to our students who fly home at Christmas or Thanksgiving or whenever uh, from different airports in North Carolina, we say, look, we will do like other schools. We will transport you to these airports. But other schools charge you $90 for the trip, the round trip to the airport. We will charge you $90, or if you wear high-point clothing, something I can see from 50 feet away, <laughs> uh, a sweatshirt, a t- you know, a T-shirt, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. High-point university, you ride free. Yeah. And, 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 you know, when someone's thinking horizontally, they'll say, oh, isn't that a silly idea? No. Someone thinking vertically, yes. they go, darn, yeah. you just told them how to be reciprocal. You yeah. understood that life is all about scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. Yeah. By the way, there are many, many, 
byproducts of advantages that come out of that. They become proud of the school, they talk about the school, they learn the concepts, they tell them to other people. So, I mean, it, you know, the tiny little ideas like that. And then the big ideas, as in developing someone's personality, someone's mindset, uh, and so on. So these are these are these are things that we have taken some some liberties with, and and the world has noticed and has rewarded us measurably because of. You know, I I gotta I gotta let you have another. Uh, this is the first. By the way, this is the first uh, interview I've been this ever been this quiet, and I'm just sitting back in awe and having a blast listening. Nito, I always do uh, with you in in terms of just uh, what I learn. But uh, maybe you can uh, law uh, in this law. Maybe we can offer them some all business T-shirts or one of my TV shirts uh, from the TV show. We'll have to do that. That's I love that idea. It's a yeah. great idea. Hey, I, <laughs> let me take another quick break, and then I got a couple of follow questions as we kind of wrap stuff up but uh liberty tax i liberty tax has been on board with all business since the beginning and they're one of the fastest growing retail tax prep firms with over four thousand offices across north america so when you get done with high point and you want a great uh franchise opportunity here's one right here um if you're looking to uh have someone do your taxes think about liberty or if you're looking to get into the business it's another service to your business uh great tax prep services we're talking about the guys at liberty you know who they are the folks that stand out and wait you see them all the time during the tax season uh, for the most part is when you see most of them. And, um, but stop in and see them in the off season too. So my next question, Anito, really deals with you. What's next, what's next for you? I mean, look, you look at all the great things you've done, and I and I don't mean to answer, ask you like it's over, because it's not over, all right? And by any means, every people say, "What's the you know biggest thing, Jeff, you've ever done?" or "What's the biggest mistake you've ever done?" And I always have to answer, "I don't know. I haven't done it yet." Um, so, you know, what's it for you? What what do you what do you think your next step? Well, you know, um, in my life, I've reinvented myself three or four times. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, I am a student of, of life and living, and um, I want to stretch my brain at all times and do good things. So I do see myself staying at Hyper University, albeit at Hyper University the second decade is quite different than the first. The first was building enrollment, building some financial strength. The second decade is truly going into elements of research, expanding uh, academic programs, um, allowing us to reach into the community to change the very fiber and fabric of of the, the area in which we live to the good of all those who live there and work there. And, and so um, I'm challenged by, by lots and lots of opportunities. Um, I also am excited about because of my presidency of Hype University and because of the reculturing and transformation that has happened in during my, my tenure there, uh, a tremendous number of companies, Jeff, call on me to say, you know, you, you really know how to mm. develop leaders. You really know how to, how to create this kind of culture. Would you help us do that? So I've, I've, um, I've, I've been helping um, a number of uh, very significant corporations uh, in size and reputation to do just that. And that's a lot of fun, you know, because that that demands that you constantly create new content and create new uh, principles and ideas and 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 enable other people to put them to good use. So I think I think the next ten years are going to be fantastically interesting to me. Um, here's the point, you know, most of us are focused on having a to-do list. And we keep adding to that to-do list, and we take great joy when we take things off of our to-do list. I don't focus on that, although, you know, like everybody else, I have to take care of the transactional, too. Um, But I focus on my to-be list. 
to be? Who do I want to become? And so constantly I am in a stage of becoming. Um, and, and the irony, Jeff, is you cannot become unless you stop doing something. So I tell people you have to have three lists. You have to have a to-do list, a to-be list, and a stop-doing list. And I find that I've become more jealous about my energy. So I don't want to go to a meeting for three, four days just because it's a nice place to go to. Right. I'm very jealous about that. I may, I may just choose to be at the beach and walk up and down the beach, enjoy nature, look at wildlife, and stimulate my thinking and find a tremendous amount of, of benefit and joy in that. So I think what happens to us, both emotionally and intellectually, is that we, we look at things differently as we become older, more important as we become wiser. And so while I don't know exactly, you know, 10 years from now where I would be, I do know precisely that I will continue traveling this journey of making Hype University a better place and peripherally helping other organizations and individuals to make great things happen in their own lives. Well, I love that term jealous, and some people might say it's somewhat negative, but I, I, I kind of term that in my own conditions of satisfaction. I find myself as I get busier and get more successful with the things that I do, I am a more, more jealous about that. I, I had a meeting earlier today where I just said, nope, I'm not participating in this. It's not meeting my satisfaction. So until you can get back to that level, I'll see you guys next week. And basically along right. the same lines. And, and boy, how empowering is that, not only for you, but for the people you're working with, to be able to say, this Absolutely. is where, where I'm going. Fabulous. Absolutely. Well, Nito, the unbelievable success. I, I, I can't envision anything else other than everything that you touch to. Now, it turns not to gold, but to diamonds. And it's great to see you've taken this diamond that you found in High Point, and you've really brought up all these gems of people from the faculty, the students, your benefactors, and as you said, your alumni. Um, they're lucky to have you, uh, but uh, I know that you are loving of them as well because I know who you are. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Jeff. It's a pleasure being with you. All right, my friend. Cheers. Taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world, Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. At the end of every single show, I end every show like this about what I learned, and I learned a lot. First of all, as you I said in the interview, it's one of the quietest times because I just love to listen to Nito. He inspires me. He motivates me as I know he does the students and faculty and the parents and everybody else there at High Point University. They are lucky to have him, but I know that he is also very grateful for them. But here's what I learned. I love the master mastery of relationship capital, the power of who you know and how you do it, your your circle of influence he talked about. Wasn't that unbelievable? And then the, the other piece that I thought was just real gems, don't make comparisons, uh, you know, against your 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 enemies or your competitors. When I brought up the Harvard thing, he says, make comparisons against your potential. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. So, you're, again, think big, act bigger. Right there, that's what it was about. And I really loved it, and I just thought all of it was just fantastic and a great interview. I hope you were as inspired as I was in this interview, uh, motivated from it, because I certainly get a lot from listening to Nito. He said he mentioned he wrote 18 books. Go out and get one. You know, don't forget, uh, you can pick these things up. Uh, grab one on your Kindle. Grab one on your Nook. Uh, from my friends at Barnes and Noble, and um, and or just buy one the old-fashioned way 
and that's a good good way of reading them too. So, hey, listen, don't forget, tell other people about the show. This is how we get people to listen in because this is Jeffrey Hazlett, and you've been listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett here on CBS Play.it and, of course, iTunes. Cheers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.